Welcome to another episode of In the Life of Sean Powers. He keeps you entertained on the morning show on My1043 in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. But what is he like after the show? Well, here you go. Well, what am I like after the show? The same old crazy guy with a big old belly hanging over his lap here. Hey, welcome into another podcast of In the Life of Sean. Uh, today's podcast is going to take a little bit different of a turn. We're going to get real serious because uh, we just had something really serious happen in our recent history. Hurricane Ian blew through Florida, blew through the southern states there. And I'm going to bring my friend in. I've known this young lady since, shoot, middle school. Has it been that long since middle school, Angie, that we've known each other? Yep, it's been since junior high, Sean. I think I was in eighth grade and you were in seventh yeah, we were we were in uh, we were in uh, middle school together at Burndale Junior High, and then we went to high school together and graduated together. And recently, about a year ago, she moved down to the Fort Myers area. You were down there through the hurricane. Uh, you experienced it all from the you know just before it hit and all that, and when it was forming and everything. So uh, I just want to go back, if I can, and uh, just share your experience uh, through the hurricane. So while it was forming uh, off the coast there, and it was hitting uh, you know hitting the the islands in Puerto Rico and stuff like that, what was your thoughts of it? Were you were you thinking that it was was going to hit you guys there or what what uh, what were you guys uh, planning on at that time well in the early stages of it you know we kind of we were doing some preparedness you know getting uh, extra non-perishables and, and it, you know a few things here and there and so it, it watched the news a lot um, talked to the neighbors and the irony of it is is a lot of the neighbors and the locals that where we're at in fort myers they've been through hurricanes year after year after year and they were all kind of just sitting back and having a having a beer at the local pub and kind of laughing about it. It just it was very nonchalant. And then as the storm started getting more aggressive and it started what they called the spaghettis started kind of really pointing directly towards Fort Myers and the different um, weather apps that I had on my phone, specifically a hurricane tracker. The day before the hurricane actually hit, um, I looked at my boyfriend and I said. I think we got to go. And he goes, well, you know, everybody's kind of staying laying low. And I said, no, I got a really bad feeling. And so um, some wonderful friends of ours from Put Bay, Ohio, uh, have a condo on the opposite side of the state, Pompano Beach. And uh, Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. before the hurricane hit, they called and said, get out of there, go to our condo, here's the code. So we... Drove the two and a half hours across the state to Pompano Beach, which is just outside of Fort Lauderdale, and um, kind of weathered the storm there for two days. And, you know, the, we had some reaction in Pompano um, from the hurricane. Um, super, super windy, weird rain. Um, but other than that, we were fine. Mm-hmm. And so all we could do was drink beer and stare at the TV and watch the news. And and then when we realized that the eye of this storm was really going to smoke the Fort Myers area, they had recorded wind speeds in, in the eye wall of 161 miles an hour. Phew. You know, our, our brain started thinking the worst is basically what happened because now we're two and a half hours away. We don't know what's going on. We kept trying to, you know, watch our nest cams. They eventually lost power and blew out. And so then you just sit there and you're in the unknown. You're like, what are we going back to? What are we going back to? So when we knew it was safe to head back, which was uh, last week, Thursday, I naively said to E.T. in the car on the ride back, I said, you know, there's Dollar Generals here. Maybe we should stop and get some rubber gloves and bleach. Because I really thought the way our house is set up, the main part of the house, it, it is a, it's a triple wide trailer. Um, 
obviously mobile homes are really popular down here, and that's what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, the two, two of the units were probably two or three feet above the yard, so up on concrete. And then the lower one uh, was just level with the ground um, out to our pond and then to our carport. I expected, had full expectation of that lower one to get full of water, which at the moment, in the, in the moment, it was disheartening because I thought, gosh, we just remodeled this. This is going to suck. That was how naive I was. We pull into the dry, well, as we're pulling in to the park, and we could see the devastation. I mean, it was just, we couldn't even talk to each other. I mean, I could just feel my heart just sinking to my feet. And then we pulled up and walked in the front door, and I almost vomited just from the shock of it. So what did you see when you pulled up? What was what was the initial, uh, the heart drop? I don't even necessarily know how to articulate it because there, just, there literally was just no words. I mean, we're just looking at cars that have floated, houses that were completely knocked, you know, 30 and 40 feet off their foundation, um, roofs that were peeled back like tin cans, um, and you could just see right through the houses. Um, our neighbor's house, I mean, he took a harder hit than we did, and we're right next door. Um, it was just it was just absolute shock, and the smell. I, I, I will never forget the smell for as long as I live. I mean, there, there was, the first time, when we first got there, we had to park at the very front and walk. To the back we couldn't just bring the car right in i missed this part and as we were walking the, the flooded streets our neighbor kind of came and greeted us at the front of the park and as we're walking there was fish swimming between our legs there was fish everywhere dead fish live fish weird fish blue fish fish everywhere and they all came from the storm surge and it, it was a mix of freshwater fish from our pond and saltwater fish that couldn't handle the, the these floodwaters and some of them were huge. Some were, you know, a foot, two foot long. There uh, was a gar in the, the sewer drain across the street from us. There's dead rabbits everywhere that had drowned. There's dead ducks everywhere. I, the smell from just the, the storm water and the, the death is like I can't even begin to describe. It's awful. How tall is your trailer then, uh, you know, off the ground? So from the, the floor, the main part of the house to the actual ground is probably about three, three and a half feet of, of uh, concrete foundation underneath it. You know, and how many feet of water were you under? How many feet exactly we were under, I can't say for certain, but our water lines, so in the, the lower part of the house, um, I'm five foot four. The water line settled probably two inches above my shoulder, so um, wow. I would say over five feet in the lower part of the house, and then, um, like I said, the upper, you, got, you have to go up three stairs to get to the upper part of the house. Um, that water line is probably four feet. It had to have been eight to ten feet of water that, that surged in and it came in. Um, our neighbor across the street that actually stayed and rode out the storm. The water came in within ten feet within 30 minutes. Man, so what is the, what's the first thing that you soak into your head that you, you start to wrap your mind around this as a reality? What is the first thing that you think? I, th- I think for us even for myself, my first thought was, can we even save it? And I would say within half hour or 20 minutes of just kind of walking around to see what was damaged and what wasn't, uh, we started ripping out the flooring in the house almost immediately. Because when you first came in, you walked up the first um, part of the house, um, we had the brand new wood laminate flooring in there. The water had rushed in so hard from the downstairs part of the house to the upper part of the house that it, it, it lifted and ripped up the planks. They were everywhere. The refrigerator was... Uh, flipped over on its back. So instead of being hit with the water and tipping forward, 
The refrigerator had lifted, floated in the water, and then landed flat on its back. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, I mean, furniture was just toppled over each other. It, it was crazy. But So we just started immediately moving what we could out of the way and just started ripping out the flooring. We had every piece of that laminate flooring out of the house within a day and a half. And, um, you know, we, we have no power. We still don't have any power. Um, we attempted to open our storm shutters, but they're electronic. So we could only open the ones that had um, a hand crank. So we had very limited light inside, uh, very limited ways to try and dry out. But, you know, in the beginning, we were hopeful. And over the course of the last several days, we've lost hope. And we've come to learn that that our our place, our entire park is going to be condemned. Now, how about all of your neighbors? Was everybody safe or did you guys lose anybody in the park? Or To the best of our knowledge, nobody in our park... um, lost their lives. So everybody in our park was safe. Most of the people in our park um, are snowbirds. There's only about five of us in houses down here um, that were full-time residents. And uh, a lot of the, the people, basically what it's coming down to is people are either just walking away from it and not bothering to come back. And there's a handful of people that have driven down to either try and see what they can salvage or turn in their titles of um, the properties to management it's it's like a scene out of the walking dead when you go back there it's it's silent it's absolutely silent and again it smell is oh god the smell awful and the only sounds you hear are just the the breeze blowing on these roofs that are mangled and these apache choppers flying over back and forth back and forth i mean every time i hear a helicopter now i just cringe and i see where you live just a very short distance from where the you know the hardest hit uh you know the sanibel island and i know the causeway is gone and you know fort myers beach yeah. have you been able to venture down to that area at all no no we can't um national guard won't let anybody through they've closed uh fort myers beach even to residents um if there's residents um that are on the island they've been evacuated uh sanibel has been like I said, that's what the helicopters are that are going back and forth, um, are, you know, evacuating people off the island. Um, they've gotten a couple of ferries that have been able to come in to start getting people off the island that way as well. Because uh, the folks that are out uh, Pine Island and Sanibel Island, there is no way to get off those islands. There's one way in, one way out, and that's been destroyed. Um, the main bridge to Fort Myers Beach is still intact, and uh, but the Army and the National Guard and uh, local officials have closed off the beaches. They're in full recovery mode at this point um trying to find they're they're still hoping for survivors but at this point it's just recovery mode for for bodies um and that's been difficult too because a lot of people were washed out to the ocean has this been the uh your first experience with a hurricane of this uh, magnitude down there Uh, this is the first experience for anybody in this area for a hurricane of this magnitude i mean even people who've lived here their entire lives yeah that's why they were so casual about it in the beginning they're like oh we've heard this before and uh that's why people on the beach didn't you know that fort myers beach is a barrier island and that island is you know the, com- the community down there is similar to what I would say, like, the locals in, in Put-in-Bay, Ohio, are like, you know, it's it's a tight-knit community, and they, they all stick together, you know, and they're, they're one big family. They all know each other's names, even the homeless people down there. They know their names. They take care of each other. And, um, you know, the, it, for them, it was the same thing. The ones that didn't leave and people that questioned, well, why didn't you evacuate? Well, they've been through this dozens and dozens of times. They had no reason to believe it was going to be any different than any other time. And that's why they didn't leave. We'd never been through it. So out of 
fear of the unknown is why the only reason we evacuated. Our neighbor across the street didn't evacuate. He had his mother on his shoulders trying to keep her out of the water because it, it came in so fast and furious. I was talking to a good friend of mine down there in uh, in the Fort Myers area, and she said people that were on the beach, uh, they had houses that were built uh, at least 18 feet off the ground, and the water came in so fast and furious, like you just said, that uh, they were they were uh, you know the water was so high, you know, 17, 18 foot, uh, you know, uh, a storm surge that they were into their their attics, they were on the roofs of their house, and the wind was peltering yeah. at 155 mile an hour sustained winds for at least 10 to 12 hours at a time, and it was so bad that. A lot of those people got swept off the roofs and, you know, they were, Oh yeah, it, it was crazy. Their bodies were found, you know, floating in the water and uh, it's just, it was so horrific. And she said the, you know, you could, you know, the businesses and the buildings that they were down on the, you know, in the piers and all along, you know, Fort Myers beach, she goes, those buildings that have been there for decades, they're gone. Everything is gone. You wouldn't recognize it. It's just a totally different world. What is the biggest need that you guys need right now in Florida, right in your area? I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. Um, you know, like I said, we've we've got help down here. They're they're handing out food and water like crazy. Um, you know, if if anybody was looking to phys- send physical donations, if they didn't want to send, you know, monetary donations, people need gas cans. Gas cans are impossible to find for folks that do have generators and they're trying to run them. Um, I know that's a a, a big need. Where we personally stand right now, we need boxes. We can't find boxes. I probably went to 12 different stores yesterday that were open within our immediate area because uh, we were able to secure a storage unit finally, uh, probably one of the last ones in the area, for what we can salvage from our house. But we don't have anything to put them in. We don't have any way to get them from our house to the storage unit. There, there's nothing to put them in. Um, so, you know, and I'm sure there's other people like us that are in the same boat, um, you know, that need to go into their homes and salvage what they can, but they don't have anything to put in. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not trying to sound nonchalant about it. I just, my brain isn't functioning at a normal pace right now. I can't, it's, it's so hard to think on my feet. Sure. Yeah. I understand. You know, I'm, I'm speaking from my point of view and what's in my head, and I'm just one of one of tens of thousands of people who are going through the exact same thing that we are right now. The line for the gas pumps are miles and miles long, and you might get in line, and by the time you get up there, they might be out of gas. So then you go and you drive another two hours somewhere else, and by that time, you're wasting the gas that you do have in your car trying to find gas. It's just, I mean, I think the big commodities that we need the most right now are gas, gas cans, ice. Ice is really hard to come by. Um, it, it seems like all the volunteers everywhere you go, you know, have are handing out food and water. I don't think food and water is necessarily a problem at this point. Um, the National Guard came by yesterday and gave us a box of uh, MREs, so we do have those. What are MREs? You know, uh, meals ready to eat okay. issued by the military. Okay. So we did get a box of those. And, you know, again, I'm just one of tens of thousands of people. We need places to go. Um, the shelters are full, and then they're actually starting to slowly shut down the shelters um and so again we're blessed to have really wonderful friends out of putin bay uh you know that have said we can use their condo for a month while uh you know we look for something a little bit more permanent but again you know the life savings went into this house uh, we were scheduled for insurance inspection this week it wouldn't have mattered anyway because this is all flood damage and unless you have flood insurance you're screwed you're absolutely screwed mm-hmm. right, and right. Uh, we've applied for fema but again FEMA is really hard to get approved for. 
really hard to get approved for. Um, you know, yeah, we've been here full time, but and you know, we had uh, an appointment scheduled for the DMV for this week to go transfer our license over to Florida residency. Um, so that didn't happen. So we may not get approved for for FEMA because we have out of state driver's license. Oh wow! Yeah. We have a title to our house, but and we can show a paper trail of everything we sold last year, but I, I just don't know. So. We're out of money. We're out of gas. We're out of housing. <laughs> now, has the water receded in your area? Yeah, the the water is more or less receded everywhere. Um, I think that you know, um, even down on the beach. But the thing of it is, is like down on the beach, there's so much sand. I mean, they're, they they're covered in feet and feet and feet of sand. It's impassable by car. You can only get through like on an ATV or a specialized military vehicle or on foot. Um, and again, they're not letting anybody down there just yet. Um, and the other. The, you have to have a residency pass um, to even get back onto any one of these islands at this point. So, you know, if anybody's looking to come down to, to help out, um, you know, uh, right now just leave it to the military and, and the local um, the local officials to handle it. Um, you know, if you do, if, if anybody's wanting to come down and help and want to bring resources again, it may be dry ice because that, that can transfer a little bit easier. Um, again, I know we're in need of boxes. We can't be the only per- people in need of boxes. I know it sounds stupid, um, but you know, try to focus on areas kind of like where we are. Like, like there's nobody coming into our park. There's nobody coming to help us. Um, it's eerily silent when you go in there. So if you come through, maybe look for areas like that. Maybe people that are looking for help getting stuff transported away from their houses that they can salvage. Or even, you know, try and help them go into their houses and help them pack up what's left yeah. and help them move it. Because I, I don't know. I, I just, I go to my house now and I just stand there and look around and I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pick up. I don't know what to touch. I, I don't want to take anything down off the walls because if I put it on the floor, it's going to get destroyed. I, I don't know. The only thing I can say is just look for people that are at their houses that are completely devastated and to see what they need. Don't ask them if they need food or water. I guarantee they have plenty of food and water. But maybe just lend a hand, you know, can, can I help you get, you know, your your grandfather clock out or something, you know, because like I said, it's just E.T. and I right now. We don't have anybody helping us, and there's things that I can't physically lift, um, and he can't do it on his own. And you just know that you're not alone through all of this. I mean, there's millions of other people that are down there all throughout the state and all throughout uh, the southeast down there that are uh, going through the same thing. And if anybody can help out with, like, you know, minor stuff like that, reach out to me here at the radio station, and uh, we can definitely uh, see what we can do to uh, get the stuff down to you. But, Angie, you also want to share an inspirational story before we uh, cut out for the day, don't you? I appreciate it so much, Sean. One of my dad's friends, my dad passed away four and a half years ago, and it was a it's a glass block and it had a picture of me and my dad together when I was six years old with a phrase on it and it had these LED lights inside of it like Christmas lights and they were lit and there's no batteries in it. The batteries washed away and it won't turn off either. So there's my light. I don't know what to do with it but there's my light and now I know my dad's watching over me too. So I just gotta figure out what to do with this light now because I I found it. God be with you. All right, Angie? Thanks, Sean. Thank 
you for listening to In the Life of Sean Powers weekly podcast. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views and opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, our affiliates, or My1043 and Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.